Hello, pet people. Today's guest is Phil Chang. Phil is a strategic marketer and brand builder. He is a staple in the pet sector, as well as pharma and tech and many other business categories. He has revamped the day-to-day and long-term structures for Fortune 500 companies, startups, and franchises. His extensive background in the pet industry is invaluable. Listen to the podcast and get to know Phil. You may even want to reach out to him. These times are incredibly difficult. Things are moving so fast, yet it feels like we're at a standstill. Sometimes we need a little help, and Phil might be the guy that you can reach out to for guidance with your company. Check out the podcast. Thanks for listening. Taz Latifi, I am just excited that I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> okay, that was Phil Chang. He is an awesome person. They call him Retail Phil. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he knows some shit about retail. He is um, a strategic marketer that helps with brand vision, messaging, digital capabilities, and content strategy. Did I get that right? Yeah, thank you. No problem, no problem. And another thing that you do, you are a co-host of a podcast that I listen to. um, And just fill everybody in on your podcast. It's The Commerce Life, right? Yeah, it's called This Commerce Life, yeah. This Commerce Life. And what do you guys talk about? Uh, We talk about everything business. We're, We're particularly focused on small and medium businesses. We, uh, we talk about, you know, if you're a small business, the things that you worry about, um, well, things that you worry about in business period, uh, how to approach things like marketing. If you're thinking about uh, trends that are out there, uh, things to think about, um, you know, today, uh, the, the series that we're stuck on is, is COVID and how to, um, retail during COVID times. And then, and then what the heck? does retailing post-COVID possibly look like? Um, so um, pretty fixated on that topic. We're starting to like interview a bunch of retailers just to talk to them about, you know, what's happening and, and uh, you know, what to think about. So, you know, my focus is on pet retail here. This, this mm-hmm. show is going, I'm focusing on pet retail and the pet industry yeah. as a whole. And yeah. you know the industry very well. I mean, we've um, we've spent some time together at different trade shows, pet industry trade shows. Yeah. Uh, both of us were on some business committees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Panels, you name it. I get time with Taz. I'm getting it. I'm taking it. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So, and when things were good, people were confused about how to run a business, yeah. uh, what to do, and how to yeah. focus on marketing and branding, and then getting your customers and holding on to them. So when things are as rough as they are now, the whole world has shifted. Yeah. Can we just talk about the state of brick and mortar and your thoughts about where you think the pet retail is headed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, so, so the, probably the global fundamental truth is that, consumer patterns have shifted. Um, you know, people are, 
you know, right now, I mean, people, you know, in COVID times, people are petrified of contact, proximity, all those sort of things. And so the online drive is, is in full force and in, in full, you know, kind of running top speed, right? Um, people want to be able to search online, buy online. If they can have it delivered to their house, they want that. If they can get it curbside pickup, they want that too. Um, you know, anywhere that you can be where you're minimizing social contact and then, and then getting delivery or pickup of some sort they're doing. Um, you know, that's, that's like, that's just something that's happening, right? Everyone's um, scared. We're all learning new things about COVID every day. Um, social distancing, we call it that, or, or uh, shelter in place, right? right. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of a global truth that's going to change consumer patterns, period. Um, and then I think for bricks and mortar, you've got to figure out how you fit in that equation now. So is that a, um, you know, like from a, from a like shelter in place sort of condition, you've got to think about how do I keep delivering the things that my customers need? Um, pet food, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, dogs got to eat. Uh, you know, my, my little Sophie, if she didn't get to eat, oh my gosh, bad things would happen in the house. Right. right. Um, you know, treats, toys, like all those sort of things that you need. How do you, how do you, um, how do you fulfill the basic shopping requirement first of like just getting them routine shops, getting them routine top ups, uh, before you get into all the things that we were talking about before, like experiential shopping and, and kind yeah. of making, how do you get the, how do you get there? Because in, in, with brick and mortar, the, yep. there's multiple types of brick and mortar. One yeah. you have the fran franchise businesses like the Wolfgang's and mm -hmm. the pet supply plus, mm -hmm. and then you have the licensees like Bentley's yep. and then you have the mom and pop single stores. And then yeah. you have those uh, business owners that have, two or more locations yeah so there's all these different variables and each one's obviously going to handle their businesses differently but the goal yeah. at the end is to make sure you keep getting the customers and yeah. keep making sales and yep. food alone margins are so low on pet food yep. there's no way a business yep. can survive and pay not new york city rents anyway pay yeah. the rents and actually pay themselves on food margins alone yeah i agree so, um and if you don't have foot traffic they're not coming in to buy the toys they're not the experiential buying doesn't exist correct so yeah. as brick and mortar owners we're a little bit you know and we're not a little bit we're in a tough space yeah very what yeah very, very. and yeah when it comes to buying online the Chewy and Amazon experience kind of takes you through the pet uh, world. You're thinking about what your pet needs and immediately you go to Amazon or Chewy. You don't think to go to your local guy who just mm -hmm. put, put, put up their new website that they've never had before. You don't think of them, even though you want to support local as a buyer, as a pet owner, you don't think of them at that point. Because mass Chewies and Amazon has come in there, and not even Petco or PetSmart, because they're more they're considered more brick and mortar than they are big box brick and mortar than they are considered online. Yep. So this is where my dilemma is, and 
this is where I'm asking you to tell me what the fuck should we be doing? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, I, uh, so, so I think the first thing I, I say to almost everybody is, um, take the online offline, all of that and kind of throw it at the door. Um, so when we, uh, well, so, so in the old, you know, before COVID, there's kind of like this delineation of like bricks and mortar or online. And what does that mean? I, I think you take it down a whole notch and just go, listen, like marketing strategy just needs to change. Right. So, um, what we, what I helped a, a couple of like my shop local stores, like, so I've just got a couple of local, you know, we all have local food places that we love. And so one of them was really struggling, right? Like he was word of mouth, uh, you know, did quite well in the neighborhood. But then as soon as everyone, you know, kind of stayed at home, he lost a chunk of business and just didn't know how to, he didn't have any way of reaching locals around him, period. Um, you know, and, and that was, yeah, and that was a real issue. And so what we helped him with was just simply, hey, you know what? Like, let's, let's spend a bit of cash. Let's get you um, out in front of, locals. So how do we do that? Let's do some geotargeting. We can use, we can use a, a little bit of Google, a little bit of Facebook, a little bit of Instagram. We'll target the smallest geographic area we can find near you, right? Uh, right in your zip code or your postal code. Um, we'll just tell them you're here. And he was like, well, I don't have online set up. I don't have, don't care. Don't care. All you really want to know is right now there's a huge neighborhood push and almost anyone I've talked to, right, they want to help their local folks around them. They, they just don't want to see empty stores. They don't want to see good folks go away. And so what you want to be able to do first is just say to these people, we're still open. Come by and see us, right? So that's the first step, right? So don't worry about, I don't have a way to pay. I don't have a way to like square. I don't have taps or whatever. Worry about that in a couple of steps. First is get your method out for telling people that you're open. That could be a great big sign in front of your, if you've got um, something that even gets a half decent set of traffic, like out your, you know, sandwich board on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. do that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of those geotarget things are really helpful because it gets locals in your neighborhood zeroed in on, on you know, folks around you to be able to say, oh, these guys are open, right? Because that's part of the problem is nobody knows who's open, right? So, uh, you know, like the, the franchises, they have marketing dollars so they can broadcast and say, Hey, we're open. Right. So the local guys need to spend a little bit of money on the geotargeting stuff to say we're here and we're open. So that's first step. So take, take out yeah. ads on Facebook and Google and Instagram. Correct. Targeting. Yeah. To your zip code or correct. And one yeah. or two surrounding zip codes. Yeah. If New York City, yeah. like three zip codes. In yeah. Life. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Correct. Correct. Got it. So that's the first thing. Second thing is then, um, start thinking about your customer and then um, think about the different ways that they can interact with you. Um, so one of the examples I'll give the garden center down the street for me, they have one, I don't know what they're called. I'm a retail guy. I should know, but um, you know, those boards where you can change all the letters on them. It's yeah. just a great big sign board. And they put up this great big sign that just said, don't get out of your car. Um, go to this email address and email us your order. That's it. That's it. Dead simple. Right. Yeah. And so, or, you know, and so um, for the mom and pop, we said, do you have a phone number? And they said, yeah, yeah we have a cell phone. Great. So ask them to text you the order they want. Mm -hmm. Dead simple. Right. You know, oh, okay. But they don't have, don't worry about it. Right. Like that's the next step. So first is you get the order in, 
Right now, people are in that place where they're just happy to go, hey, you're open. I'd really like a sandwich from you. Give me one of those sandwiches, yeah. period, right? Um, so that's the next step is, is then you, you give them the ability to communicate with you. And then the next step is then, so, so then you just need to set up a way to get back to them, right? So if they text you an order or they email you an order, you have to have a process to say, great, um, here are your options. Like maybe I don't have what you have or mm -hmm. I have it. Here's what it costs. Here are the two options, size options. You know, is it a, um, sorry, I'm Canadian. So is it a two liter bag, a four liter bag, right. whatever the size is, right? And then here's the total cost. Tell me when you want to come pick it up. It's essentially what you're dealing with them when they walk in the store. Correct. And you're just communicating with them Correct. by phone or via Correct. text or email. Yeah. But Correct. the communication's still the same yeah. as if they were in the store. Right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I think cause what I found was a lot of these guys, they get stuck on the, Oh, I need a, I need a payment gateway. I need PayPal. I need square. I need to, I, I need to wait for uh, interact to come so I, they can hook me up with it. Don't worry about any of that. Right. Like use what you have. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have your you point know. of sale system. You yeah. have the customer's information. Yeah. Hopefully. We yeah. have social media. Yeah. We've been collecting yeah. emails. Great. Email yeah. your customers, send out a yeah. mass email and start communicating. Yeah. Communicate. Just talk, talk a lot. Yeah. 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 Talk a lot. Yeah. And then, so, so then what happens is then folks are showing up, right? Because they, you know, one, you're local. One, two is you're giving them an option because right now um, the backlog is all the big guys were happy to kind of take on orders but they're all backlog, right? Like if you try and get a grocery order, it takes two weeks before you get groceries, right? And so if you're kind of like, look, I, I, you know, one, I maybe I only need dog food, right? So if I'm going to a grocer that also sells dog food, I don't want to build an $80 order so I can get dog food two weeks from now because I need it a week from now. Um, you know, there's some of that stuff in there. There is the, maybe this becomes an easy shop, right? Like if I can text the order, I can get it, I can swing down. I also need the exercise. I'll put on a mask, go down and just grab it on my way yep. out, right? Yeah. So yep. all of those things, you know, will, will make a difference in, in your behavior. And then, and then really the rest is logistics, which like mom and pop retailers know like nobody's business, right? Like yeah. if, if somebody calls you and says, hey, I, I want to pick up this bag, you're going to have it ready, right? Like, you That's know, and then, and then you use all the mom and pop instincts, right? Because uh, I've seen some amazing things. Like I've seen, I've seen a local grocer, they took, they went out and bought um, office boxes. Like, you know, the, the ones uh, everyone sees when you get fired, Yes. <laughs> those round boxes. Love and that. they basically threw $30 worth of like veggies in there. And they mm -hmm. said, seasonal veggies. Yeah. This is like a COVID package. It saves you from wandering down that crazy vegetable aisle. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so bag you know, on, the, on the pet side, doing, correct. you know, a treat bag uh, yeah. or a yeah. body part bag for yeah. cheap, for the heavy chewers. Yeah. And every week having a special gift bag. Yeah. You can get yeah. those bags. They're cheap. The 99 cent stores are the. That's exactly it. Yeah. Open. Yeah. And they're allowing you to go in and purchase. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, you know, you think of that like snacks, uh, a, a chew toy of some sort. And those um, are high margin items know, that allow yeah. us to flow, you know, yeah. or, or get it, keep cash flow coming in. Yep. Without yep. selling those, we can't yep. bring in more food. Yep. And, you know, the margin is what really matters in our business. Yep. So, well, and, and they're important to the consumer right now, right? Because the consumer is at home, right? Like I, I'm in, I'm in Toronto um, to reinforce the, 
the Canadian stereotype, but I have a full backyard. I've got lots of space, right? So, so I can let my dog out and let her run around and amuse herself. If you're in an apartment setting, you know, you're like, you're, you're running out of toys, right? Like maybe you only had three toys because you were walking the dog a lot. Now you're inside with the dog. You, the dog needs stimulation, right? So, um, you know, that's when, when you who know these customers, maybe the first grab bag is a really simple one. Like here's a couple of snacks, here's a chewy toy, here's a stuffy, you know, a couple of things they'll be delighted. Right. And then you put a little hook back in it that says, Hey, next time, if you want the same grab bag, tell me what you want in the grab bag. And then I can just sub in and out those toys, right? Because someone will call you and go, listen, you gave me a little stuffy, but that like, I don't have a five pound poodle. I have a 95 pound, you know, Belgian Malinois. Right. So like he, he was through that toy in about 30 seconds. I need some, I need the, the toughest toy you have like that. Um, now you've, you've done some old school retailing in new school times, right? Cause now you've retained a customer you figured out who they have, what kind of dogs, what their needs are, and your grab bag gets better and better until you can get to a time where they can come in and go, what the heck? Like you, you kept giving me cool, cool shit. I, I want to come into the store now and see what else there is. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. But let's talk about, you deal with the retailers. You, you get it, especially on the pet side. There's always a lot of people start pet businesses, especially the mom and pop shop because of the emotional connections they have to their yeah. pets. Yeah. They lost or they just want to get out of the businesses they're in, the yep. jobs they're doing, and they think it's um, easier than perhaps being yeah. you know, uh, employed by somebody. Everything has its yeah. Values and, and yeah. everything has its toxins. So yeah, there's a middle ground that you have to come in on. And sometimes it, with, with COVID, there's a lot of emotion attached to the choices we make. Mm -hmm. Do you address that in your consulting? I would, I would think that would be something that you would have to address when you're dealing with, with businesses, the emotional yeah. side and how to get out of this paralysis and you know for first it's analysis paralysis then it's just paralysis yeah. and it's yeah. you know throwing your hands up wanting to give up there's all yeah. these like going through a death yeah um yeah. even though you can open your business and run there's this fear of also getting sick and what do you do are the customers yeah. coming in there's so many factors i feel yep. like i'm talking about myself um <laughs> so there's all these factors in place how do you deal with the emotional aspect with, with these kinds of clients? Uh, yeah, it's all over the place, really. It's, uh, it, it really depends on who you have. Um, a couple of them are, are like legacy, you know, mom and pops that they inherited from mom and pop, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and one in there, um, when we got there, it was actually an opportunity for him to wind down the business because he didn't want it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's really weird. It, it's a space I'm not used to because there's a lot of like emotional counseling when I, I don't think I should be an emotional, <laughs> you know, I try and be a fun guy to hang around, but, but like emotional counseling is like, oh. Winding down is a huge part of yeah. you know, potential regrowth in another seg yeah. segment yeah, yeah. of the industry. Yeah. So yeah. winding down and um, perhaps moving on go hand in hand. Yeah. And yeah. I would think in your business in the strategic aspect of it. So how do you deal with a winding down client? Well, I'm answer my other question first. 
so okay so so dealing with them it depends so the guy who uh eventually decided he would he would exit um we, we started because he he um he was giving me really confusing signs right like we we kind of like we'd put plans together and kind of take like three steps forward and then there would be almost three and a half steps back right and so it, it took me a while to figure out like look are you are you you know is it are you scared of the health aspects of this? Are you scared about, uh, you know, or, or do you just not have enough money, but you don't know how to tell me that, right? Because that's, that's a really common thing here too. And uh, when we got to it, you know, so it took me a while to kind of tease that out of him and just, you know, ask lots of questions around, um, you know, what are you worried about? Like, you know, is a safety thing, you know, like are the, are you worried about face masks and, and gear? And so when we got down to it, then we started doing math and I just said to him, look, like, here's what it costs you to keep the business. Here's what it costs you to get out. Um, what, what do you, you know, how do you see this? Like they, um, you know, this one, you know, to get out, you, there's a, there's a quicker way to the windfall, right? Or there's a quicker way out of this, right? So that you lose less. Um, if you're in it, you got to be in it, you know, and then we started figuring out like, how long would you have to be in it to turn a profit again? Right. And in his, in his case, it was like, you know, some of the factors you had to guess at, right. Cause we don't really know, mm -hmm. but we figured like it was going to be 14 months ish, right. For him. Yeah. Um, to be able to get out of it, right? Like he, he could manage the cash flow would be really tight. Uh, you know, there's always like the government grant stuff that you know we weren't sure about, right? But mm -hmm. we tried to be pessimistic, so we had a real, real situation. And so when we got there, he went, "I can't do this for 14 months. Like I can't grind like this because I don't want to." It was fine when we made a decent living, and it was fine because I had an excuse to do this to feed my family and everything. But I don't want to do this. I want yeah. to go do something else. And we went, okay. So that's like, you know, like presented you with data fork and then you, you picked one road and then we helped him wind down the business. Right. So yeah, there's, there's definitely, uh, it's, it's far more of an art than science, right. Is it's almost like you need to figure out that there is a block there and then you got to just start testing. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's like marketing copy. You got to like throw shit at it and then, you kind of come back and go, no, I, I didn't get an answer I can use there. So I <laughs> keep asking questions until I get, you know, the thing that, you know, helps me figure out what's next. Right. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Do the math, yeah. Uh, yeah. figure out what it costs to keep. Yeah. Uh, figure out what it costs to get out. Yeah. And then touch on what it is that you're willing to do. Yeah. To make it work. Yeah. And if you're not willing to go there, if you're not connected to it emotionally. Yeah. Because that's the key. You have to yeah. want to do it. If yeah. you don't want to do it, then figure out the exit strategy yeah. and move yeah. on because yeah. it's going to be a lot less painful. And there's that yeah. fear. I mean, there's that fear of not knowing what's going to happen with business as a whole. And that's why yeah. we're talking, um, you know, what do you have to focus on to stay in business and relevant with your clients and keep them coming back? Yeah in this industry, you know, in this time frame, especially when tomorrow is not guaranteed or it never was, but it's, it's even less of, now. Yeah. Even less. So it's kind of, finally people <laughs> are saying, Oh, that's a reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not just a saying by some yeah. meditation guru. You know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, or Gary Vaynerchuk's not saying, yeah. yeah, so I love Gary. 
but you know, <laughs> it, it's just what do we do? How do we focus, and where do we go? So you're handling the you are handling the emotional side. I would think it's easier to handle the emotions when it comes to somebody that is willing to do it, willing to yeah. keep going, yeah. versus yeah. someone who wants to get out. Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. doubts that come into play. Yeah. With, yeah. Should I stay? Should I not? Yeah. It's so much clearer, right? Like the, the ones that want to stay, um, you know, we're testing, we're already testing, like, what's the best way to do this? Right. And, and so, you know, some of these guys that we went, uh, we went on text and then, you know, ordering and then hand delivering to the curb. And then all of a sudden, immediately, once that started, they realized like, Hey, I can make a go of this. Right. And then you do get into other things like the, one of the other conversations I'm having is just around like, hey, you know, all these people are coming to the curb. When COVID is done, are they coming back in the store? Or are they staying on the curb? Um, you know, which is like, I don't know. Like, like you know, like there's, there's a part of this is there are going to be people that never want to go back into a store again, right? Um, they, they will stay like the routine part of their life might be online. It might be curb pickup. So how do you now, you know, do you need as much real estate as you have? Um, is it all set up right? Should you be using more of it for staging ground for pickup orders? Um, what do you do with assortment? What do you do with inventory levels? There's, there's like a, <laughs> there's like a whole nother set of questions, right? That are like, oh my God, like what, what do we do here? Right. So, Holy yeah. What, yeah. what, are, what are you seeing with the manufacturers and supply chain, especially with, I mean, and we have a president in the U.S. that's kind of all over the place when it comes to China. And we know that, like, I was just talking, I was talking to um, some manufacturers about getting supplements yeah. um, and that they use for their foods. And they get, majority of it comes you know, out of China. China. Yeah. yeah. Most of our vitamin C comes from yeah. China. There's yeah. so many taurine, but, um, you know, for cat food. So what's happening with the supply chain out of China? I know you deal a lot with supply chain uh, and manufacturing. Yeah. So tell yeah. me what's so, on there. What are the, what's the anxiety? What's happening? So I think from a supply standpoint, from a production standpoint, China's back up and running. So if you had shortages before, you probably shouldn't now. The part that's really not clear is how um, the American president is going to deal with, you know, trade, period, right? Because the rhetoric is, mm, I don't um, the rhetoric stepped up. I guess I was going to say alarming, but it's not alarming. It's just, it's stepped up a lot in terms of how much he doesn't, like China um, and how he goes all over the place. We really don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm yeah. thinking that he's about to have a seizure. But yeah. I don't. Yeah. So we yeah. don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. That's the yeah. Fucked up part. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, so I think that's the part that's really concerning. Like, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's a problem, right? Like, because everything comes out of China. Like, packaging comes out of China. Your corrugate comes out of China. Like, supplements, metals, like. <laughs> You know, like, toys. you know, yeah. How many toys come out of China yeah. that are manufactured yeah. there because it, it's cost prohibitive to do yep. it in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't make the margins that you make. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. So what's going to happen? If forgetting 
look, hopefully everything changes in the US in the very near future. But um, how are, what are the projections in, the, uh, in manufacturing? Because forgetting what the pres this president does or doesn't do, business is going to flow. Yeah. He's not going to be reliant on his, um, what he thinks or what he yeah. does anymore. I yeah, think yeah. that's the way we're flowing yeah, yeah. as a country now. Things yeah. are not, with the exception of health, um, which is everything, but I think manufacturing, all that, he's just letting it all kind of move. So what yeah. are your projections and how, what's going to happen? The su supply chain is there, you're saying. How are American companies utilizing it? This one's really tough. Like, so I don't know if there's a definitive answer. I think, I think in the short, near term, it'll be fine. Um, if the election doesn't change something, the next couple of years could be really tough, um, you know, depending on how the trade war progresses, what they do there. I do think that um, I've already, I, I haven't heard it in pet. I've heard it in other industries where they're starting to move they're trying to like companies are trying to move their manufacturing facilities out of China and into another like Vietnam, for example, or, um, you know, or Thailand, uh, you know, like, so Thailand was very taboo for um, quite a few years, but now they've, I think they cleaned up their act. So they're starting to come back again. Uh, you know, so there's, there's some thought there to how do we do that to a more neutral location? Um, or do you find a creative way around it? So do you, do you, um, source parts and assemble here, uh, you know, so that you kind of get around some of those trade laws and, and uh, some of that stuff. So like, what's the bare minimum that you can do without getting a made in China label on it um, is some of the things that, you know, folks are, are thinking about, particularly like on the electronic side. So if you have any of those, you know, kind of like motorized toys or like the little um, trackers, like GPS trackers, things like those, those are probably all made in China. Yeah. So they're going to have to figure out like, how do I, do I source parts and then, and then build it somewhere else and then ship it in, you know, so that it's not made in China. It's, it's assembled in, you know, Vietnam or, or even closer, like, is it Canada, Mexico, you know, those sort of things. Right. So let's yeah. talk about the consumer because yeah. here, this is where the consumer comes into play. Yeah. There, if they want something in the end, it doesn't seem to matter when it's not food where it's made. Yeah. And the ethics behind it. Yeah. In the long run, you know, consumerism. Yeah, yeah, it's bad for us. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in case you're wondering how I feel about that, <laughs> it's bad for us. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, when it comes to food, they look at it one way, but they choose to um, be blind to the fact that 90, 80, let's say 80% of our supplements come from China. Okay. They just, well, the country of origin is Germany. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was repacked yeah. in Germany, but yeah. everything is sourced out of China. Yeah, yeah. So those are the things that, yeah, when I look at consumers, I sit back and I say, what are you thinking? You know, you either have a certain moral code or you don't. And if you don't, go with it. I mean, we're all commerce yeah. driven. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you think the consumers are going to be thinking differently? going forward or is it the way it was? I, I think that, uh, I don't know. So I think there's a segment of consumers that are gonna think different because I think this 
if this taught us anything is that like there's a really fragile balance that makes everything run like if you think of like the world basically stopped moving what nine weeks ago 10 weeks ago right like at least in this hemisphere right like in china it was earlier than that but i think and then and then like kind of things went for shit really fast right because you realize like oh like we're we're all like two paychecks away from being in a whole lot of trouble um right is is kind of how a lot of the world responded and so like the the shop local movements to me those sort of things say to me that like this is starting to hit home a lot more because people are starting to realize like oh shit like i've really got a you know like it was it was okay before because nobody knew where anybody shopped and so if i bought cheap shit out of china like what's the big deal because right. i'm not hurting anybody right but what now they realize is no this is a problem like one is i can't i can't get it right um it takes a long time to get now and two is i do this there is a guy down the street who isn't gonna be able to eat or feed his family and i might have to look him in the eye right because i'm not buying his stuff because i bought it somewhere else so i think there's gonna be I think there's a cohort of the consumer group that's going to go, maybe I was sort of in on, on this before. Maybe I started with the food stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm starting to realize like, this is really important. So I got to figure out like, there are some things that like in reality we cannot replace, right? So most electronics come out of China. They don't get made anywhere else, right? And so you probably won't be able to replace those, but um, clothing, you know, um, furniture like all sorts of things you could you could buy you could have made here um you know that that would actually make a difference to your local economy Absolutely. and so i th i think people are going to start thinking about that differently right so like the small product manufacturers yeah, and yeah, you know, producers yeah, yeah, that are yeah. local yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think so on the yeah. food side there's certainly a lot more support of the local farms yeah finally you yeah. know people are realizing how the the carbon footprint is so important yeah you can't yeah. have if blueberries are in season in mexico they're not going to be in season in you know in yeah january in in, yeah. in the northeast yeah buy foods that are in season and yeah. you get the best nutrient value etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. but yeah. i think that's that's finally finally changing it's unfortunate that it took a killer virus to drive yeah. consumerism to a to a more holistic view of of valuing themselves. Yeah, such a yeah. shame. I I think there's um I think there's something there too because I think like if you look at the trends right now, people are planting like crazy, and there's a totally different appreciation, right? Like you you kind of like realize, wait a second, it took me like nine months to grow some potatoes, right? Like. Uh, <laughs> I just ate like eight pounds over the holiday. Like, how did, how do we grow that many potatoes? You know, like there, yeah. there are some real moments that I think people are going, wait a second, that was totally unscalable. If I had to grow that on my own, I'd have died already, right? Like, right. I never would have made it, right? Like, you know. And everyone's baking and cooking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't have to go out to eat. You yeah. can actually buy the raw materials yeah. and make it yourself. Yeah. 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 That level of rushing to get nowhere. Yeah has and that's what we were doing before all yeah, yeah. we were rushing rushing yeah. and we were so important yeah so busy and so important and it's like you know <laughs> what's important yeah. is the limited time that we have yeah. in our health yeah refocus so um 
and that's that's why I started doing this podcast. I yeah. thought we got to kind of reconnect with each other. Yeah. I I, I want to love my pet people. You yeah. Know? But yeah. So yeah. it's awesome. So let's. I I do want to talk about Chewy with you. Yeah. Um, they are. I mean, they're massive, and they have everything. I love them. I got to tell you, I have no issue with a Chewy or a pet mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I don't have a retail store, I'm probably going to be buying some stuff on Chewy that my local shops just charge too much. For, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah. I'll be out of work and I need yep. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but economics is, is part of this whole equation. It right? is. We're going to figure Absolutely. it out. So, yeah. so my world is about reality. And um, I'm glad they exist because the consumer can go and grab on my food consulting, I always say, hey, Chewy carries this supplement. Go get it there. Because you can't exactly come to my store from California. And I don't know who in California carries this yep. product. Yep. So I can get the animal to a better place yep. with the products that I want. And they carry it. Yep. So they're they're losing money with the process. I mean, they're, they buy direct from the manufacturers now. And they're not exactly making money. How does that work? How does a company like that survive? Can you explain this to me? Because I want to work for them. So, uh, you think they would hire me? <laughs> I can. They be should hire you. I would be there. If educator. you're, if you're, if you work at Chewy and you're listening to this, Taz, you should hire Taz. Um, I love that company. They, they're that super company. cool. They, they really are. Like, I, I think so. I mean, they are losing some money on shipping, right? Um, and they're gonna lose some money. Like retail's always been like that, right? Like you've always had lost leaders, right? Like I I don't know about the US. So in Canada. No, US too. You know, yeah. Yeah, right. Like so so milk is like a really basic example. Milk is like a lost leader. Um, they call it a lost leader, right? Because, you know, for the four bucks or five bucks you buy milk for, the milk the dairy farmers losing like the retailers losing money on that milk, right? Mm-hmm. It's the milk board who kind of makes up the difference, right? Like the government supplements that. Yeah. Um, and they know it because it's a cost of entry to the category, right? Is if you buy milk, you're buying bread, you're buying eggs, you know, yeah. that's where the profits come from. Yeah. So Chewy's losing money, but they're building a ton of that stuff that's really important now, which is, you know, Phil goes in there, Phil needs to buy uh, you know, dog food, I need to buy snacks, I need to buy toys. And then the same thing that the mom and pop retailers doing, they're doing, you know, using like mountains and mountains of data, right? Of, of like, okay, I got it. So next time, you know, my whole goal is to get you to a certain shopping basket size that allows me to bring back those profits, right? So mm-hmm. it really is, you know, that's, that's kind of how they do it. Um, the shipping thing gets cheaper too, right? When you hit critical masses, right. um, you know, and so that's a big part of this too is, you know, this is how Amazon gets to like three hour delivery, right? Because they just have enough people that they can start to make the logistics work, right? Right now, neither Chewy nor Amazon are delivering for, you know, to Prime doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it's two to three yeah. weeks to get product from. Yeah, yeah. So this is where, you know, the brick and mortars, the small mom and pops and the, you know, even the franchises and the licensees, they're the ones that can really benefit because they're there and present. Yeah. And yeah. doing that geo-targeting is yeah. key yeah. for the small businesses. Yeah. Even the franchise is like a Wolfgang Bakery yep. in the U.S. You know, yep. they have so many locations. That's so important. Um, 
that, yeah, I, I don't think brick and mortar is going to go anywhere when it comes to the service mm-hmm. style businesses, mm-hmm. but the ones that are just purely product, I think there's going to be, I think the market's going to be diminished. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to watch like, so if you are a, if you sell products and you sell anything that's commodity, you, you're on a slippery slope, right? Like, cause those guys like Chewy, Amazon, Walmart, dollar store, dollar general, those guys buy commodity products by the millions, right? Like they, there's no way that you can, you know, I think that the easiest example, like, so in the nineties, when Walmart started to come on hard, um, uh, t-shirts, for example, like t-shirt companies went out of business by the dozens. And the whole reason for that was because Walmart could knock off, not knock off. They could, they could design something that was close to, if you had a cool t-shirt and you had a cool t-shirt company, Walmart could, um, design something similar to compete with you. Um, they could have it made in China. They could ship it. Um, they would, you know, you, you would pay, you you know, maybe you sell 10,000 t-shirts a year. So maybe you get your t-shirts for $10, you know, great cotton, blah, 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 blah. Walmart would go to China and go, listen, ship me like 3 million of those. Well, Mm -hmm. my cost went from $10 to about $2, maybe probably even less than that. Right. Um, there's just no way to compete. Right. So if you're on any of those categories where they can buy millions or hundreds of thousands where you're, you know, like a 10 to one ratio, mm-hmm. you're on a slippery slope. They'll outbeat, they'll outbeat you every time. Absolutely. So you you got to come in on the other side. You got to come in on unique. You got to come in on experiential. You got to come in on something that they can't supply. Right. On services as well. Yeah. 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 It's, an, it's, it's an interesting world we're in. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting world we're in. Um, So any words of advice to our retailers, retail fill? I think right now is make a lot of noise. Um, You know, one is because if, if you're a small business, the world wants to help you. You just need to let them know that you're there so that they can help you. So you're, um, you know, all the local uh, newspaper, not newspaper, all the local blogs, the, you know, local everything, it, all they're doing is highlighting uh, small businesses because they want to be able to spotlight them. So you want to do that. You want to reach out. You, you want to call some of those guys and go, hey, like put me in the queue somewhere. I like, could you just talk about me? Make sure you've got a handful of things. So don't make any of this hard, right? Like uh, right now you don't have customers, you have time make it really easy for them. Like, here's my website. Here's how people order. Uh, here's where I am. Uh, tell them if you're going to deliver like all those kind of basic things and make sure that they have all that so that people can talk about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then look at, look at your business. If there's a way to look at it differently, I would look at it differently. So um, the example I'll give, we have some local restaurants here who have access to food service and delivery people that you know, most individuals don't. And so some of the restaurants have said, if you order a meal with us, we'll give you the ability to order kind of 30 or $40 worth of groceries. You got to pay for the groceries, Mm -hmm. but we'll work through those guys to get it from our wholesalers. So you don't have to go to a grocery store. So you're going to come here and get a meal and they're going to get like a week's worth of groceries, right? right. Which is like, it's genius, right? Like, you, you know, have no idea if they're making money at it or whatever, but it's like, 
this saves me a trip, right? Like I don't have to go anywhere else. I can do this. People that are truly homebound or have, you know, type one diabetes or cancer and they can't really go out with their stuff in their homes. That is just huge. Right. It's, it's genius. Right. So, so I don't know, like, you know, on the pet side of things, do you, kind of quite have those options you don't right but you do have the ability um you know like really put yourself like new york is a prime example right like probably what 99 percent of your customers live in apartment buildings of some sort right um 800 square feet to like 500 500 to 800 right like with your pet which you love very much but you know after 24 hours a day one walk a day, maybe, you know, like more than that. Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) you know, give me some toys. Right. So, so there's, there's some, uh, there's, there's definitely some retailing that can be done there. Right. Like start thinking about like, you know, um, outside your store, can you, can you leave them in like drop bins, Mm -hmm. things like that, that, you know, like people can order and just swing by, never even see you. Right. Like, you know, wave, grab out of the drop in, off they go, you know, things like that, that allow them to indulge because people need indulgences, right. They want to be able to spend some money. They, they haven't been able to get out. Um, so if this takes them on a walk past your store, you know, not so bad, right. A lot of retailers are now allowing one person in now anyway, the ones that are considered essential, like my business. So allowing one person in covered, they can come in as, and out as fast as possible. I make yeah. sure there is airflow. Yeah. So the doors have to be open so yeah. the air doesn't remain stagnant. Yeah. Um, and of course, the face covering is key. And yeah, once everyone yeah. leaves, clean yeah. up and go back again. Yeah. And that gives them the ability to grab things. Yeah. And then for cash flow, what I've done is just I put everything on sale. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people are out of work. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get any more than they need. So, um, fine. If I take 10% less, that stuff's not going to be sitting on my shelves. It is perishable when it comes to green. So we're getting the frozen goods. Those just move that I have no issue with, but the treats, the the ones that are perishable, the people are just like, yeah, I already have some. I'm not going to get an extra bag. I'm going to finish this one first. The mindset has changed because no money coming in and fear of not having it. Is a yeah. huge part of it, and they're giving less to their pets, the ones that are yeah. out there. And when you consider the unemployment rate in the U.S. now is at fifteen percent, scary. Yeah, that is scary. We're at a level where um, panic, panic was already in place two, three weeks ago. Now it's worse, and we're having, you know, our leaders not in New York, but the country's leaders are kind of there. There's a lot of miscommunication and confusion. Um, largely absent, <laughs> largely absent, largely yeah. is key. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm being kind yeah. because I'm, I don't want to start cursing, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's, it's causing havoc with our psyche in the U S and business owners are in a flux. We just don't know what we should do. Should we shut down this? So when you gave the example of the owner that you know, am I, you know, am I coming or am I going? Can I do this for another 14 months? More people are in that state of mind now than ever. Mm-hmm. So that was a great example. And I thank you for um, mm. throwing that at us. That was, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. And it, yeah, I, it yeah. certainly resonates with me uh, personally. So, 
it's a tough place to be and your advice has been amazing. Um, I have to thank you for just coming on and giving us a punch in the face with your advice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy. I, I honestly, I think what you're doing is amazing. Uh, I listened to the other episodes. I really love them. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we're all in it together. So, you That's know, we just, we just got to figure it out. That's all. We know? totally have to yeah. figure it. We have to figure it out. And yeah. um, how can people reach you if they need you? I will have all your information. Oh, okay. Amazing. All the links. Yeah. But is there yeah. a website that they can go to or, yeah. or just email you? Yeah, yeah. So they can find me. You can find me pretty much look up Retail Phil. Uh, RetailPhil.com is my website. You can reach me through that. If you go on Twitter, I'm at RetailPhil. Uh, you can go on Facebook, look for Retail Phil. I'm there as well. Or you can reach me at Phil at RetailPhil.com. So, yeah. And you're on LinkedIn as well. If I am. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you can find me at Retail Phil on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For business owners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of them are there. Yeah. Awesome, Phil. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled that you could do this. And uh, I may have to grab you in a couple of months when yes. the world has evolved. Please do. Yeah, please do. Our, you know, yeah. let's look ahead and let's look back and see what we yeah. did wrong and where we're going to go in the future. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I, I really love this. I'm, I'm really thankful you had me on. Thank you. Thank you.